0: Welcome to the Slam Radio Podcast featuring The Michael McCoy Show.
1: Yes. Yes. All right. Good afternoon, everybody. How's everybody's week? How's everybody's day? How's everybody's weekend? How did everything go? Everybody watching some NBA playoffs? What's up? Happy Monday. Thank you for everybody that's listening to the Michael McCoy Show again. We're doing it week number four. Been here for a whole month on Slam Radio Channel 145, Sirius XM, and it's, it's been quite a ride, man. Having a lot of fun doing this. Thanks again to Amigo for giving me this platform. Uh, got a lot of stuff to get into. NBA playoffs, NBA lottery, draft lottery, some NFL talk. Got a lot to unpack for this week, man. And um, I can't wait to get to it, so how about we just start getting right into it right now with the Michael McCoy Show, again on Slam Radio, Channel 145, Sirius XM. But first, before we get into this NBA talk, because that's exactly what I want to do first, how about I tell you about some cool stuff that I saw this week. There are really two things that really, really, really got me going, made me crack up, and I got to share it with you guys because it's just, it's, it's hilarious. It's really, really funny. And the first one that I want to bring up is Did you guys, I mean, everybody's been watching NBA basketball, right? But have you guys been able to catch that Burger King commercial that two for $4 mix and match it's um you know, that big old scary looking Burger King mascot, that, that King guy uh, dressed up like a King with the freaking looks like a, like a wax doll. But, um, He's walking around whatever college or university dorms, right, at like five in the morning, five thirty. It was like you know what I have it written down right here, five fifty a.m., knocking on college dorms, right, and these these, these kids are actually answering the door. <laughs> First of all, that's that's number one that got to me. Um, but yeah, they're offering you know they're they're mix and match and they're you know walking around and seeing if they want to eat the breakfast. And some kids had the breakfast, but the part that got me about that commercial, and it just had me falling out of my chair, was this one student (laughs) answers the door, and he's just like, yeah, no, get out of here, it's too early for this, and literally just closes the door in the face of the camera. I thought that was absolutely hilarious, and I just thought that it was one of the funniest things I saw this week, and I was just wondering if you guys had the pleasure of watching this commercial, of watching that commercial. I mean, it's all over. TNT and ESPN, if you guys are watching the NBA playoffs, but wow, that's just that's just funny. I'm wondering if that was uh, scripted, but if it wasn't, it, it's golden. That's got to be like a Super Bowl commercial, if you ask me. That's, that's Super Bowl caliber stuff. But um, the second thing, and this is probably first, this is probably first place. Holy crap, guys. Did you see LeBron literally talking about a book that he's never read before? What is up with this guy, man? I mean, the guy has been horrible with the media ever since Mammy lost in six games to the Mavericks back in, what was that? 2010, 2011. Oh my God. So for anybody that doesn't know LeBron, he, uh, he's, 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 he's dealing with the media. He's talking to some reporter and she asked him, Hey LeBron, I see you're holding the autobiography of Malcolm X. Can you tell us about what you like, what you, you know, what do you like about the book? What have you learned so far? The man was literally talking about a book he was he has never read. You want to know what he sounded like? He sounded like forty five every time he's lying. That's exactly what he sounded like, and, and and it's funny because my boy Jeff tweeted the same thing, and I was just thinking like, wow, this guy sounds like forty five when he's lying. That's what he sounded like. You know, you know the vocabulary, dead on, just dead on. LeBron, just just oh my god, I'm not even gonna get into it. It was it was a horrible, horrible two minutes that he tried to describe uh, Malcolm X. He just called him a very, very smart man. Very smart. You know this that he, Put it this way. If he was trying to describe the book to anybody that wanted to read it, he probably turned them off about reading that book, about wanting to read that book, because it was just... Uh, LeBron, just read the book next time, all right? Or just tell them stop, stop faking stuff. LeBron is one of the greatest actors I've ever seen, and I mean, he's in the right place for it, Hollywood. But in any event, man, let's let's get to some NBA basketball talk because wow, uh, after watching that game four uh, between the Clippers and Dallas, which oh my God, man, I mean, did you guys see how that game ended? It was it was a great game. I mean, the last couple minutes of the game and overtime were probably the greatest parts of the game. But after watching that game and just, you know, the beautiful display of artistry offensively between Kawhi Leonard, uh, Lou Williams, who's easily the greatest sixth man or man off the bench in NBA history, uh, Luka Doncic and Trey Burke. Trey Burke, remember him? Remember Trey Burke, former Michigan Wolverine that led his team, uh, to the, to the NCAA championship game. I believe that was in 20, <clears throat> excuse me, 2012 to 2012 or 2013 season. They lost against Louisville. Remember Trey Burke? He had one hell of a game. And just to kind of refresh your memory about that game uh, and who was on that Michigan team, because they were loaded. It kind of makes you wonder how they lost that game to Louisville, a uh, 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 Rick Pitino coach Louisville team, because I'm going to read you the names. I'm going to rattle off the names off of the uh, roster from that Michigan team who went 31 and 8 that year, losing to uh, 35 and 5 Louisville Cardinal team in a championship game, 76 to 82. That game was uh, April 8th, 2013, in the Georgia Dome. And just let me just read you the names of this Michigan team and you tell me how they lost. Glenn Robinson, the third, who is on a Philadelphia roster at the moment, Tim Hardaway, who's in the playoffs right now. Mitch McGarry, I thought that guy was going to be a stud, but, I mean, I haven't heard of him since. Trey Burke, who we're just talking about right now. Nick Stauskas was drafted in the top ten. Okay, he's no longer in the league, but the Kings drafted him. Karis Levert just had, what, 35 points uh, in in a uh, game four loss to, to the Raptors? How did they lose that game? I mean, how did they lose that game coaching, I guess? But then you look at the uh, – you look at the Louisville roster and it's guys like Gorgie Jang who's, yeah, he's in the league. Peyton Siva. Remember him? The point, the starting point guard. Uh, He's not in the league. Russ Smith. I don't think he's in the league. I mean, I'm reading all these Montrez Harrell came off the bench. That's the only guy that's like the only guy that's making noise in the NBA. But I mean, wow. Wow. That's just um nice to see Trey Burke having his moment because, this game, I, let me go straight to the box score one. We're going to go ahead and talk some NBA playoffs. But 133 to 135, reading that score actually makes me cringe a little bit because, Jesus Christ, I mean, it's just the, uh, the game has changed so much. And if you guys heard my rant last week about how much the NBA has changed, then, geez. But um, granted, this game did go into overtime, but still. Trey Burke had a nice 25-point game, okay? He did start. Had a nice 25-point game uh, with his uh, college teammate, Tim Hardaway, who put up 21 points as well. But Trey Burke, man, plus 17 on the floor, four of five from deep, only missed four field goals, uh, one assist. But he had a he had a hell of a game. Tim Hardaway Jr., again, 21 points. But Luka Doncic, oh, my – you know what? We're going to get to him in a little bit. But let me go ahead and just rattle off what uh, the opposition did. So – uh, Kawhi Letter, 32 points, missed one free throw, went 9 of 10, 10 of 22 from the field, 3 of 9 from beyond the arc. Ironically, he was minus 13 on the floor, but that guy's probably the best player in the league, arguably, all right? Nine rebounds. People need to get off Paul George, man. People really need to get off Paul George, and I'll tell you why, because what did I say about knee-jerking last week? It's the same thing. Look, I, 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 I get it. Paul George, his last three games, they haven't been pretty. All right. They have not been pretty, not one bit. As a matter of fact, I think his last three games, he's combined for like not even like 30 points or something like that. He had nine points on three of 14 shooting. He's not looking good. He's not looking good the past three games. I think he went something like 11 points the game before. He's been looking bad. I get it. He's been looking really, really bad. But you got to keep him out on the floor because a guy like that, you can't deny his talent. Number one, I actually think he's hurt. I think he's hurt. At least I hope he's hurt because if he's not hurt, I mean, a guy played 45 minutes uh, in game four, played 45 minutes, put up nine points on three of 14 shooting. I think either something's wrong with him medically, or he's still getting used to playing with, you know, guys that he's second fiddle to, because remember up until, up until uh, what well, last year when he was with, uh, or a couple of years ago, when he was with the, uh, the Clips. I'm sorry, uh, the Thunder, there we go, Russell Westbrook. He was the number one option all the time with the Pacers. I mean, he was always used to being the number one option, and I guess he's still kind of getting used to, you know, picking his spots, and it's kind of hard. It's really just him and Kawhi putting up most of the shots, but um, I think you guys need to lay off of him. Don't knee-jerk too quick. Paul George is still a hell of a talent, and I bet you'd take him on your team. So just kind of, to kind of lay off. But Luca, holy crapola, Luca Doncic on eighteen of thirty-one shooting, forty percent from three, hit four of ten, only missed uh, two free throws. Ironic that he only went to the line a few times. Shot, shot five free throws, um, sixteen re—I'm sorry, seventeen rebounds, thirteen assists, and a forty-three point triple-double including the game-winning shot in overtime. Classic Luka, you know, comes off of screen on the inbound. Uh Kawhi Leonard decided to switch on that, which was dead. I mean, that was deadly. I think you got to fight through that, Kawhi. I mean, look, I'm not trying to tell an all-NBA guy, an NBA Finals MVP, what to do because, I mean, he's playing in the league, and I'm talking about him. But you would expect him not to switch on that, right? I think that was killer. That was killer. Because after that, I mean, Luca sized up, I forgot who was guarding Luca at that point, sized him up and just hit his classic step back, and that's all she wrote at the buzzer. Boom. That was just that was that was a beautiful, beautiful display of offensive artistry in that game between those guys, Hardaway, Burke, Doncic, uh, and Kawhi. But I'll tell you what, Trey Burke is the guy that had my attention, man, because I, like I said, the guy missed one three-pointer, okay? In 37 minutes of play, scored 25 points. I missed four field goals. I've always liked his game. Um, just just, just a, a bulldog mentality, and it's, I like guys like that, man. Guys like that, I'll have them on my team anytime. But you want to know what I was thinking? What I was thinking this whole time watching that game? It made me think. Who would you have on your team between the following guys that many consider to be unguardable? Like, who do you think is the most unguardable player in the NBA? That's the first thing that came to my mind after watching Luca hit that shot, okay? I mean, in the bubble, you're watching, you got LeBron, who's still, you know, he's LeBron, okay? 6'8", 250-plus, freight train uh He's an athletic freak Is one of the unguardable, you know, most unguardable players you could think of, especially in recent history, in recent uh, memory. You got LeBron, we're watching him. You're watching AD. You're watching Giannis. You're watching James Harden, who I think is a scrub, but you got to put him on this list because you just got to, right? Yeah, okay. Um, which, by the way, uh, Harden, let it go. Let it go. You're balding. You are balding with a capital ball ding. You gotta let it go. Just cut the hair off. Cut the hair off. I have never seen a guy hold on to his youth so much. (laughs) I mean, his hairline is screaming, just shave me, just shave me off. I mean, come on, this is embarrassing. And uh, yeah, just let it go, dude. But you gotta put him in the list of unguardable guys out there, even though I think he's just an embarrassment to the game of basketball um, Luca, obviously Dame, et cetera. But then you guys, then you, you have guys that are not playing right now, such as KD. It's not, let, let's not suffer from recency bias here. KD's not playing. He's as unguardable as they get. Steph isn't playing. Kyrie isn't playing so on and so forth. So, I mean, between those guys, Kyrie, Steph, KD, Harding, Giannis, AD, LeBron, who do you got? Luca Dame as the most unguardable player right now, at least in the M no, not, not right now, because obviously KD, Steph, and Kyrie, they're not playing. But between those guys, I mean, who? Who in an all-offense NBA? Because that's what it is, okay? Unfortunately, you know, defense is kind of like an afterthought. And Draymond even said it. A guy that uh prides himself on being a great defender, he's, he came out and said a couple of years ago, you know, defense is, is kind of an afterthought now in the NBA, and it kind of sucks, but um, who is it? Who is it? If, 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 if you, between all these guys, you know, you, you have three seconds on the clock, four seconds on the clock, 3.7 seconds were left on the clock, by the way, when Luka hit his step back three, um, who are you taking? You taking A.D.? You're taking Giannis, who is unguardable from eight feet in. You're taking Harden, whose step back is just disgusting. Uh, Steph is the greatest shooter of all time. Kyrie can get to the bucket anytime he wants to. An incredible finisher who also has a nice stroke. I mean, the guy won a three point contest for crying out loud. KD. I'm probably going a, a healthy KD because, I mean, if you think about it, the guy's what? 6'10, 6'11. All right. We've seen him put guys on skates over and over and over again, has every move in the book. And it's just a pure shooter, a pure shooter at six eleven, uh, a three points, a three point threat, a mid range threat, a post-up threat can get to the bucket has length. I think I, I think I'm going with a healthy KD as the most unguardable player right now in the NBA. I mean, it's, it, it has to be, it has to be because I mean that's just me, but then you got Luca who's doing that. I mean Luca is probably the most skilled guy in the NBA, talent-wise, skilled guy. I'm taking Luca on that list. Dame is, you know, hitting bombs from 35 feet out. I mean, I mean, look, you're probably not wrong with whoever you pick in terms of the most unguardable player in the NBA. But watching Luca do what, do what he did, um, in Game Four. That's the first thing that made me think, because I'm just like, I mean, there's a bunch of guys that can do what he's doing, Uh, a bunch of guys that you can deem unguardable. And there's a bunch of guys that I didn't even name, that I couldn't name. I mean, those are probably the highlighters on everybody's list. But wow, man, Uh, these playoffs are are, are, are setting up to be a good one. So uh, we got a lot to talk about, man. We got a lot to talk about. I'm going to go ahead and keep it basketball centered in the next segment. I appreciate appreciate you guys for tuning in this week to the Michael McCoy Show. we got a lot more coming in the next episode. Just keep it locked on Sirius XM Channel 145 Slam Radio. We'll be right back.
0: This is Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio.
2: Why should you volunteer with Meals on Wheels? I never thought that five minutes could make so much difference in the lives of two people, but it has. Drop off a more meal and get more than you expect. Volunteer at americaletsdolunch.org. Brought to you by Meals on Wheels America and the Ad Council.
3: Rich is just a really, really, really good guy. The term good egg isn't enough to describe him. He's also certified organic and free range. Rich puts the cap back on everything. The toothpaste, the olive oil, the shampoo, everything. makes good people look bad. Visit StopTextStopRex.org. A public service announcement brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council.
0: We'll be back with the Michael McCoy Show on SiriusXM XM 145 Slam Radio. Good morning, amigo. Just the two of us. We can make it if we try. Just the two of us.
3: Just you and I. Oh,
2: you, have to, you forgot the... Just the
3: two of us. Oh, the two of us. We're building castles in the sky. Just the two of us. Go. You and I. There you go.
0: Good morning, amigo. Weekdays from 7 to 11, only on Sirius XM 145, Slam Radio.
3: Why was the basketball court all wet? Because the players kept dribbling on it. The dad joke. <laughs> Corny, groan-worthy but also one of the simplest ways to share a moment with your kids. What did the buffalo say when he dropped his son off at school? Bye, son. (laughs) So take a moment to make your kid laugh, because dad (laughs) jokes rule. Make your kid laugh today. Go to fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council.
0: And now we're back with The Michael McCoy Show on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio.
1: All right, everybody. Hope everybody is enjoying their Monday so far. We're still going to keep it here. On the NBA side of things, you're listening to The Michael McCoy Show on Sirius XM Channel 145 Slam Radio. Ah, All right, more bubble talk, more uh, NBA basketball talk. So this is a -a once-a-week show, obviously. So uh, I don't want to just talk about – what happened yesterday or what happened on Saturday. I want to kind of cover as much as I can, especially since, um, you know, these series have been going on for about a week or whatever. So I want to talk about this LA and Portland series because a couple of things crossed my mind, especially after watching game one, several things did, but the most uh, compelling were as follows. So I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about game one, right? And anybody that knows and has been following how the Blazers have been playing, you know, they've been playing pretty much, every game in the bubble has been a playoff game for the Portland Trail Blazers, if you ask me, all right? They were fighting for their lives. And if you remember what Dame said, when everybody, when this whole COVID thing started happening and the NBA and Adam Silver were figuring out how to get the players in a bubble and how to situate teams and who's gonna come and who's not gonna come, who's invited, so on and so forth. Dame said, I would absolutely love to play, but I only want to be invited if we're going to have a true chance to make the postseason. All right. If not, it's a waste of time. And, you know, I don't even want to go. And, you know, here we are. We saw what happened in the play-in game and, you know, they set themselves up good. And so the Portland was hot. Portland was hot and everybody knows in any sport that the hottest team is the team that you want to put your money on. Okay. Ask the New York, ask the Patriots, how, 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 the hot, how playing the hottest team um, is detrimental <laughs> to, to winning a championship because Philly, they, were, they, they caught Philly on a hot streak in the Super Bowl. They caught the Giants on a hot streak twice in the Super Bowl. And L.A. caught a hot Portland team entering game one. I don't think anybody was super-duper surprised to see L.A. lose that game, okay? especially the way L.A. was looking going into game one. They, they weren't looking great. They weren't. All right. Let's just let's just keep it what it's you know. Let's keep it 100. All right. They weren't looking great. Portland was hot, but Portland, you kind of felt that their legs were gonna catch up to them because, like I said, they've been playing playoff basketball ever since. All all eight games in the bubble to me was a playoff game for Portland. All right. So game one happens. I wasn't surprised at the. I wouldn't have been surprised if LA won, but I definitely wasn't surprised at them losing or how they looked in losing that game. Game two, when you're a team like Portland, all right, and you aren't favored to win a series, all right, and you're up one game, game two is a must win, all right? And that's exactly what it was for Portland. It was a must win because guess what? Game one, that game one victory means absolutely diddly. I mean, doesn't mean anything if you can't go up two nothing. How many times have we seen LeBron down throughout his NBA career, down 0-1 in the NBA playoffs, come back and not only win game two, but win the series, right? So I definitely wasn't surprised at the game two outcome. However, I was surprised at how Damian Lillard looked. That's the game in which he separated his finger. And, um, you know, he just, he, he didn't look good at all. Didn't look good at all in that game. And I'm pulling up the stats now uh he led Portland in that game with eighteen points. I think he shot two of seven in that game. Here it is game one Portland I'm sorry game two Portland and uh and the Lakers uh got my notes here where is what's going on with my internet okay here we go all right so but anyway, it's still loading up. I'm sorry. I'm going to get back to my notes because I'm not, going, well, not sure what's going on with this, uh, this connection here. But yeah, you know, LeBron was down 0-1. You expect him to win that game. He did. You know, Dame had a subpar game, but wow. Okay. They go on and now they're down 2-1. You kind of feel if they're down 3-1, I mean, the tables look to be kind of changing already in this series because maybe LA's wake up moment was game one. All right. Who knows? But um, you go down three-one in that series, and it's it's gonna be a hell of a climb, a hell of a hole to climb yourself out of if you're down three-one to a team that many already expected you to lose to. So they're gonna need they're gonna need it from everybody. They're gonna need it from Melo, who had a hell of a game three, twenty points. Him and LeBron were going at it, but this is something that kind of stuck out to me. So LeBron had a triple double in what was it, game two, right? Had a triple double in game two, and so. I'm just thinking, you want to know what? All this talk about LeBron throughout his entire career about how he makes players better, right? And let's just think about LeBron. From the moment he walked into the league, all right, all the hype, and he has lived up to it. As much as I like to get on Braun, this guy came into the league with a lot of pressure, uh, but has lived up to the hype, okay? Has three rings and, um, you know, is will go down as one of the greatest basketball players to ever play. One of the greatest, not the greatest. Let's not go there. Let's let's not do that, right? But um, triple double and you lose. Had a triple double and he lost. What was it? Game sorry, it was game one. He had a triple double in game one, huge triple double in game one, and they lost. So it had me thinking, how many times has LeBron had a triple double in the playoffs and lost? That stat is very hard to find. I couldn't find it, but I will tell you this: that LeBron has 24 triple doubles throughout his NBA playoff career, all right, that's second only to Magic Johnson's 30. You figure LeBron can probably break that? Maybe, maybe not. I mean, LeBron, you know, he, he has triple doubles in his sleep, it seems like, especially in the playoffs. But, yeah, he, he has 30. Uh, I'm sorry, Magic has 30. LeBron has 24. And that's just, that's uber impressive. But when you, when you, when you kind of think about, you know, does he really make guys around him better I don't really think it's, 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 it's glaring or as eye-opening as people make it seem. You know, just because you average however many assists he's averaging this year, I know he's leading the NBA, that doesn't necessarily mean anything. That's like a guy that scores 30 points a game, okay, and is on a losing team. That's what I equate it to. And you know what? If people are going to give Russ all the slander in the world and all the, you know, all the Trash talk that he do about Russell and how he's a stat stuffer. This, that, and the third. LeBron can get it too. Yes, the hell he can. Why not? Why not? I think it's absolutely to sit here and 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 disrespect Russell. I mean, the guy averaged average. You want to know how hard that is to do? To average a triple double throughout an entire season, three seasons in a row. Not one, not two, but three seasons in a row. I mean, I, I'm. I, to me, he's one of the greatest players to ever play in the NBA, just just because of that, just because of that. In today's NBA, if it was that easy to do, I think people would be doing it, which, by the way, LeBron, through three games in the bubble, he is averaging a triple-double at this moment, all right? So I just think that's, uh, I-, I wanted to bring some notes up because I have here guys that would probably tell you, (laughs) at least I would think, I mean, don't quote me on here. I mean, these guys are probably going to defend Bron too, uh, you know, as a player, as a friend, as a person. But these are guys that LeBron did not make better. Chris Bosh, okay, was the best power forward in the NBA before joining the Miami Heat with LeBron James. And, you know, obviously they made that big three. Would you, would you say that LeBron James made Chris Bosh a better player? I think the hell not. Okay. He made him a spot up shooter. Okay. He made him a spot up shooter. Kevin Love was a dominant, was a walking triple, triple, double. I mean, double, double. That guy was grabbing 20 boards a game. It seemed like on the regular with, uh, with the Minnesota Timberwolves before he jumped ship and decided to join, you know, the Cavs. Right. Uh, did he make Kevin Love better? I think the hell not. Jay Crowder is another guy, quality player. Right now, obviously, on the Miami Heat, um, a guy that not I'm not going to compare him to the Chris Boshes and the Kevin Loves in the world. Obviously, those guys were probably the best power forwards, at least for a season or two in the NBA. Bosh more than that, I think. But Kevin Love can probably state claim to being the best power forward in the NBA for at least a season or two when he was with the, with the Timberwolves. But Jay Crowder... His game didn't uh, benefit from having LeBron on his team. Kyle Korver, a top 10 uh, three-point shooter, I think, in NBA history. Definitely top 15 for sure. Non-existence. Look what Danny Green is looking like right now, okay? I just I – just, I, I don't see it. I don't see it. LeBron came in the league. You know, I hate when people call him a pass-first guy because – I don't think he's a pass-first guy. I mean, look, I get it. There's a bunch of times in the clutch that he has made, quote, unquote, the right basketball play when you kind of want him to take the final shot, kind of force things. But um, somebody that that uh, is built like him, that is constantly, constantly, constantly among the league leaders in, in scoring, it's kind of hard for for me to call him a pass-first guy. Does he make unbelievable plas- passes? Yes. Is he a floor general? Yes. Is he a a, a, a larger than life point guard that sees the floor and, you know, anticipates things and he's always two and three moves ahead of you? Yes. But to call him a pass first guy, that's always been kind of, I don't know. That's been kind of uh, not my thing when I think about LeBron. I think he's a scorer and I think he's an incredible passer, but I think he's a scorer first. I think he's a scorer first, but, um, Whatever, that was on my mind. And I just, I don't know, it just kind of bugs me. I I wish I could have found that stat of what LeBron's record is in the playoffs when he records a triple-double. But that was, I mean, I literally spent like three days trying to find it. And it was really, really hard. Um, Houston OKC. Oh, gosh. I still stand by the fact that the Rockets aren't winning a goddamn thing unless they hire a new coach, a new GM get a new arena, get new fans, scrap the roster, scrap all of it. I I just don't think that team is doing it, all right? I mean, what an awful brand of basketball to watch. I'm serious. I'm so serious. I think that that brand of ball that they play is a disgrace to James Naismith, okay? Rest in peace, James. But I'm so serious, you know, uh, Dr. James Naismith uh, invented the game of basketball did not intend for it to be played like this. I mean, for crying out loud, the amount of threes that they put up is disgusting. And I mean, if you saw game two, when they went two of 19, okay? Dosh, They made two of 19, from the three-point line, from beyond the three-point line, in the second quarter alone, guys, they went two from 19 in the, in the second quarter from three-point land. They only scored 18 points in that, in that quarter, and they shot 21%. They ended up winning the game, okay? But if you saw that, then that's all you need to know about that team. That's all you need to know about that team. They, they literally, literally live and die by the three. And I love Golden State. I love the Golden State Warriors. I think they're great uh, to watch. But you want to know why they're different from from Houston? Number one, Houston shoots more threes than them. And it's been like that for a couple seasons now, okay? You're probably thinking, Mike, uh, Golden State's the same type of team. No, they're not. No, you're wrong. Houston shoots way more threes than them. And I think that's absolutely hilarious because what are you doing shooting more threes than a team that has the greatest shooting backcourt that you have ever seen, that I have ever seen, that your mom has ever seen, that anybody listening to this broadcast has ever seen, okay? They will not win anything playing L.A. fitness ball. That's what they play. That's what they play. I mean, their starting lineup doesn't include anybody over 6'7", six, 6'8". Six, I think that's Covington, okay? And, I mean, you got him playing at center sometimes, no, nah, man, the game of basketball wasn't meant. To, and I get it. The game is changing, Mike. The game is changing. Okay, fine. I'm with that. Great. But no. To be coming down and jacking threes almost, you know, every other possession, to have a ball star, like James Harden just, you know, dribble the ball away and, and shoot a three, which he'll probably make most of the time. But no. Uh their time is coming they're going to disappear. they're going to shrink. He's going to shrink. Russ is going to be a dog. Russ is gonna play like a do- injured or not Russ will get put everything in the tank will give everything that he has in the tank out on that floor. And um, I mean I love Russ how can you not love him? that that pit bull mentality that he has going a 100 miles an hour on any given play offensively and defensively He has a motor for days. That's how you're supposed to play basketball, okay? That's how you're supposed to play basketball. To, that's how you're supposed to play any sport, if we're being completely honest. But, um, yeah, that's how I feel about that series. So Houston OKC, um, you like to see – you love how Chris Paul is playing. I mean, that guy's is – uh, you know what you're going to get from Chris Paul, and you kind of wonder where his future lies or how his future lies. Miami, Indiana. Wow, man. The heat just – oh, jeez. Um, yeah got to give credit when credit's due, right? And I don't mind giving credit when credit is due. I just hate that I have to do it. <laughs> I kind of hate that I have to do it. I, I, I don't mind uh, doing it if it's warranted. And the Heat are just, you don't know who's going to beat you. You don't know you don't know, who, you don't know. where it's coming from. If it's going to be Jimmy, if it's going to be Goran, if it's going to be Tyler, if it's going to be Duncan, if it's going to be Bam. Any given night, those guys, man, and the Heat just drew a really good job of getting guys that believe in team concept. You know, Jimmy Butler supposed to be this ultra, you know, poisonous, you know, guy in the locker room. And I mean, how are you looking now, Philly? Like, wow, we got to talk about Philly in the next segment because I got to wrap things up and play some bills now. But woof, those Sixers and Brett Brown and oh my goodness, gracious Lord. But the Heat, man, they're, they're playing great team ball. You want to know what they remind me of? Not that they're, not that I'm, I'm not calling them the Celtics of 08. I'm not calling them uh, the the Spurs of a couple of years ago when they were winning championships. But uh, because those teams have wonderful ball movement. Wonderful, 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 just beautiful passing and ball movement. It was just, it was a, a thing of beauty. I mean, you just kind of loved watching them play. But what I want to compare those two teams, I'm sorry, those teams is how, you know, Miami just makes the right play all the time. I mean, makes the right play all the time. They're patient, okay? They're disciplined, and they hustle and they play hard, man. That's, that's all I can say about that team. And uh, Spoh is doesn't get the credit that he deserves, in my opinion. Uh, should have been up for coach of the year. Nick Nurse won that. And um, I just got to pick this conversation up. Uh, sorry, pick up this conversation in the next segment where I'm leaving it off here so we'll uh, continue on the other side of the break I appreciate you guys for sticking around this long so I'll be right back thanks for listening to The Michael McCoy Show so far on Sirius XM Channel 145 Slam Radio we will be right back
3: hey look what I found a
0: radio this is Sirius XM 145 Slam
3: Radio A message from the Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council. Man, I love my kids so much. I once sat for three hours in the cold rain to watch her soccer team lose by 18 goals. I love my kids so much, I once used a tube to suck snot out of her stuffed nose at 3 a.m. You win.
2: Love your kids? Love them enough to make sure they're in the right car seat. From toddlers to tweens, visit NHTSA.gov slash the right seat to find the right seat for their age and size. Keep them safe. Visit NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. We'll be back with The Michael McCoy Show
0: on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Good morning, amigo. Hey Amen.
1: Look, if they pick up Tua Nigga, Manuel Lapolla too, I'll, I'll be fine with him. But I'm just looking. At, I'm looking at the different angles. It doesn't. You I don't call if,
3: him that. I call him Tonga Vailoa. Whatever you want to call him.
1: Listen, I don't know if they're 100% sold on Tua Nigga, Manuel Lapolla.
3: Tonga Vailoa is the next quarterback of the Miami Dolphins. How can you get that name so perfect? Tua Nigga, Manuel Lapolla. Tua? I can't do it. I'm done. Tunga pola. Tunga 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 See? That sounds much better, that one.
0: Good morning, amigo. Weekdays from 7 to 11, only on Series 6M, 145, Slam Radio.
2: Why should you volunteer with Meals on Wheels? I never thought that five minutes could make so much difference in the lives of two people, but it has. Drop off a warm meal and get more than you expect Volunteer at AmericaLet'sDoLunch dot org. Brought to you by Meals on Wheels America and the Ad Council.
0: And now we're back with the Michael McCoy Show on Sirius XM One Four Five Slam Radio.
1: All right, all right, all right, guys. Let's keep it rolling, rolling, rolling. Talking some NBA bubble playoff basketball hoops, hardwood, round ball, whatever you want to call it. That's what we're talking about. Thanks for sticking around with me throughout that last break. You've been listening to The Michael McCoy Show on Sirius X, Channel 145, Slam Radio. All right, let's keep it rolling, man, because um, just wanted to uh, kind of give my thoughts on a few more series. And by the way, guys, by the way, by the way, by the way, happy birthday to Kobe Bryant. Yesterday, August 23rd was his what would have been his forty-second birthday, and man, I mean, <clears throat> excuse me. It's uh, it's still weird. It's still very, very, very much weird to even to even say things like that that he's no longer here with us. It took me a long time to come to grips with even uttering those words. I promise to God, it was the God honest truth, and. This is you're, you're, this is someone. This is coming from someone who's not a Laker fan. This is coming from someone who actually didn't even think highly of Kobe <clears throat> for a while. Kobe rubbed me the wrong way for a little bit. Um, but you want to know what? Uh, I probably have not. Probably I'm sure I've r- rubbed hundreds or dozens of people the wrong way throughout my youth. You know, you make mistakes. As a human being, it's what you do after those, most, after those mistakes that, uh, that define you. And so Kobe Bryant um, grew up as a man, as a player, as a person, as a father, as a teammate, everything. You know, I mean, we, we saw him grow up right before our eyes, came in as what, <clears throat> an 18-year-old, 17, 18, 18? I'm not even sure, uh, into the league played with one team his entire NBA career, and we saw the ups and downs, you know, the air ball in the playoffs against, what was it, the Jazz, I think, to his last game where he scored 60 points. I remember that game. I was watching that. I was at a bar, believe it or not, watching that game because the very next day I flew out to the Dominican Republic on a really nice trip. But, I mean, man, yeah. Yeah. It, it's it's still weird, it's still weird. And you wanna know what I like to see a lot? I love to see Uncle Paul Gasol having a very, very important part in Kobe's family. You know, his daughters <clears throat> that are still with us, uh, Vanessa, his wife, um, Uncle Paul, that's, that's who he is. That's what they call him. And obviously he, uh, was a big part of that family
3: and, other attributes allow to guard on the frim-
1: and it's just really, re- really good to see him still sticking around, man, because that family needs all the support that they can get from their friends, their loved ones, um, you know, and anybody, anybody involved. So that's really, really cool. Happy birthday, Cold man. We're, we're, uh. We're still thinking about you, man, for sure. I man, you're still very much missed. Happy birthday, man. Hope you're enjoying the playoffs. And um, with that being said, it's kind of <laughs> kind of hard to bounce back from that. But I'll do my best. So, um, in, in 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 typical Kobe fashion, he would want anybody to to keep pushing. So that's that's what I'm gonna do. And I want to talk about a few more series here, especially the ones in the Eastern Conference that. Wrapped up yesterday, boy oh boy oh boy! Philadelphia loses in sweeping fashion, no pun intended, to the Boston Celtics, 110 to 106. Put up a good fight there, especially in the fourth quarter, but um, he kind of lost that game in the third, where they only scored 19 points and allowed 32 points. It's a pretty tight game up until the half, but uh, the Sixers, man, you know all those years of tanking. And uh, you know all these first round picks, New Orleans Noel, and 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 you know who else? Who else? Yeah, Joel Embiid, uh, Ben Simmons, and you know this is where they're at right now. They're not a bad team. They're not a bad team. And you you figure forty three and thirty in a in a COVID nineteen shortened season, right? Thirty one and four at home. They were unbelievable at home. Obviously, the road was their kryptonite, but. This series, I mean, you hate to see injuries at any level, in any sport, especially in the playoffs, and you got to kind of wonder what would have happened if Simmons was healthy. Do I think they win the series? I don't know, but I do know that we're not having a 4-0 conversation. I do know this series is not over in five games, and depending on how they lost that series, you're probably not even talking about Brett Brown losing his job. All right. Um that's just how I feel about it. That's just how I feel about it. Can Yes, he's he's probably can use a little bit more uh what well, if you you look at the player quotes and wow, because Joel Embiid and even Josh Richardson they were asked about uh, his whereabouts, coach Brett Brown's whereabouts after the game in the post-game conferences and um Embiid says, "You know what? I'm not the GM, I don't make the decisions, but either way, he's going to be a great friend, whether he stays or leaves or whatever. I mean, it's the second time being swept in a best of seven series in franchise history, franchise history. Okay. Josh Richardson said he's got to have some more accountability. Like you hear things like that coming from a player. It's kind of like, Oof, not cool. Josh Richardson scored uh, 14 points in 36 minutes on two of 10 shooting. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm big on players play, coaches coach. I'm big on that, huge on that, okay? But, I mean, do you, do you really pull the plug on a guy that, you know, he's – first of all, you've invested so much in him as an organization, okay? I don't know what his contract situation is like, but uh, I don't think the Sixers have done a great job in assembling a roster. They're a talented team. I get that. And guys like Embiid and, and Simmons, those guys are keepers. I think they complement each other pretty well. I, I, I believe they do. They had Jimmy last year. Um, you still got guys like, uh, like uh, Tobias Harris, who I think is one hell of a player, underrated guy. Shake Milton's a nice player, okay? I think their bench can use a lot of help. But their main thing last last season, or the seasons at least with Jimmy Butler, was shooting, perimeter shooting. You have J.J. Redick, and that's about the only – you have Covington, I get it. But Covington didn't get huge, 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 huge minutes, and he probably wasn't a feared, 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 feared three-point threat. You know, he probably didn't make opposing defenders or opposing scouts cringe or lose any sleep the night before. He's no Steph Curry. He's no Clay Thompson. He's no James Harden. Heck, he's – He's not even a – I don't know. He, he, he's not someone that you have to – that you worry about being a dead-eye shooter, at least not in my book, not in my book. But, um, yeah, man, to uh, to lose Ben Simmons early like that and you know him not even have an impact on this series, you got to wonder if that's going to play a, a part in the decision-making of management of whether to keep Brett Brown around – and uh, if they do decide to let him go, you got to think who, who, who does Philly have to go after? First guy I think of is Mark Jackson, right? That's who I was thinking was going to go ahead and replace whoever the hell the Knicks had at the helm. But obviously, they, they go out and hire Tom Thibodeau. So you got, you got Mark Jackson. Um, and you don't, I don't know who else is an up-and-comer out there, but uh, that would probably be a name that's thrown around. Out there, you would think, right? So I don't know, man. I know they got a good roster. They they definitely need some shooting. All right. They got athletes. I'll tell you one thing that I was really confused about in the offseason when the Six picked up Al Horford and even guys like Stephen A. Smith, who covered the Sixers, you know, extensively before his time at ESPN when, when Stephen A. Smith was with the uh you know the Philly, what the Philadelphia Inquirer? I think that's their main newspaper up there, or whatever, whatever newspaper it is that's up in Philly. You know, he was praising them all oh, Eastern Conference Finals, this, that, and the third. And I'm just confused. Like, Al Horford, yeah, fine, he's a good player, but he's not what they need. <laughs> he's not what they need at all. You know, I just it confused me. Again, those guys needed people that could stretch the floor, especially we got Ben Simmons out there who is just not a threat to stretch the floor. Um, You need shooters. You need shooters. Even when you did have Jimmy Butler out there who, again, isn't, isn't uh, the best three point shooter, but he's a scorer. You need shooters around him and be me being the big Jimmy Butler fan that I am as a bulls fan. Uh, I was saying trade him. I was saying trade Jimmy because you got Tobias Harris, who's pretty much the same player as Jimmy Butler. He does the same things that Jimmy Butler does, okay, at least offensively, okay. Tobias Harris is a very nice man, 20 points in the, uh, in the game four closeout game, seven of 12 shooting in 35 minutes, went to the line, was perfect from the line, two assists, five rebounds, plus six, plus six uh, plus minus rating. And um, he was two or five from beyond the arc. So, I mean, Jimmy can fill up the same stats that – I'm sorry. Tobias Harris can fill up the same stats that Jimmy Butler does. So, they figure, you know what? You get rid of Jimmy, and you get a nice haul. Make sure you get some shooters, maybe a couple picks, and then you're working with something. I, to this day, don't understand why that was not the move that Philly made because it was glaring. Their need for shooting was absolutely glaring. And so they make this move for Horford, and I'm thinking – that's just, no, no, that's, that's not the right move. The right move would have been to move Simmons to the four. That would have been the right move. Move him to the four, have him play some point forward, get yourself a shooting point guard, some other knockdown guys, then you're working with something. I'm not a GM, but from the outside looking in, that's, what I, that's, that's, that's how I saw it. But that's not how it played out. In any event, the Phillies go out, they're going home. Celtics move on. They're going to go ahead and play the Raptors, who wrapped up their series sweeping the Brooklyn Nets in a very high-scoring game. That game looked something like, uh, I think it was 150. Yeah. (laughs) In regulation, the Raptors scored 150 points on the button to Brooklyn's 122 points. Wow. Remember Karis LeVert, who we were talking about in the first segment of the show? who was on that Michigan squad that lost to Louisville in the 2013 NCAA Basketball Championship. He had 35 points, six rebounds, six assists. And I want to talk about Brooklyn going into next year, all right, because obviously those are going to be some big guns um, in the Eastern Conference. They're going to have some big guns coming back for them in the Eastern Conference, obviously. Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. Huge guns. When you add Karis LeVert, so the, uh, as as the third option to those two guys, you are working with something. After that, I don't know who you got. I mean, you got defensively down low. Um, defensively down low, you definitely have a, a, a nice option in, uh, in Jason Allen, okay? Jason Allen, I mean, they got some nice pieces. They got some nice pieces, no doubt. But I think they're going to need more because you want to know who they're going to remind me of? They're going to remind me a lot of the LA Lakers a lot like the LA Lakers in that beyond LeBron and AD who do you got who do you have I don't know I, I don't know who you who, who you have other than than those two guys I, I mean you got Kuzma okay Danny Green has not been able to you know hit a shot for anything lately which is just odd I, I do expect him to turn it back on but I I, I think Brooklyn is a uh Several pieces away from, at least on the bench. I mean, I don't know, man. I don't know. I mean, Moose a nice piece. We'll see. We'll see. I don't know. You got Tyler Johnson out there. I just don't understand <laughs> how that's even a thing. But uh, Brooklyn, man, you got you to got, you wonder about them. They went 35 and 37 this year. They were 20 and 16 at home. But the Raptors, oh, my God. That's serious. And I'm, I'm, I'll tell you right now, I got, I got the Raptors beating the Celtics. I got the Raptors beating the Celtics because I think they're a way better coach team, okay? let me. You know what? Let me pull back. Let me not say way better coach team, but they do have the coach of the year, Nick Nurse, all right, who is easily, I think, I think you got to consider that guy a top five coach in the NBA. I don't think he's the best coach in the NBA, but he's definitely a, a top five coach. I'd take him over Brad Stevens, and no slouts to Brad Stevens, okay? I'm not calling him a, a, a pushover or anything, but... When you see what Nick Nurse did last year, okay? And what he's doing this year, 53 and 19, 27 and 9 on the road. That is impressive because you went on the road, I mean, that's a sign of a very very disciplined team, a very well-coached team, a very a sign of a team that know the players know their role. It is. It really really is. I mean, you got You got Sergi Baka coming off the bench, giving you 27 points in 20 minutes. And he only missed two shots, 12 of 14 shooting. He hit all three of his three-pointers. Norman Powell comes off the bench, gives you 29 points in 24 minutes. He hit five of nine threes. I mean, these, these guys can start. These guys can absolutely start. By the way, Kyle Lowry left the game with something was wrong with his foot, a sore foot. That guy starts. On Van Fleet does too. Van Fleet's been starting at the two. But Van Fleet's a point guard. And in my opinion, he is the better point guard of the two. I've been saying this for a long time. Um, I, I just I, – something about Kyle Lowry, man, just doesn't strike me as – I mean, he gets hot. You know, I, I think he's a poor man's version of John Starks. I loved John Starks. I think John Starks was a badass, okay? I really do. But Kyle Lowry, man, I mean, maybe I'm giving him too much credit by saying John Starks because the comparison that I'm trying to make is that they're both streaky, okay? They're both streaky. But Starks, Star- I don't know, man. Starks, I-, I think he was a little bit more edgy than Kyle. I know Kyle- Kyle's from Philly, and, you know, Philly has that, you know, Lunch pail mentality, great. Hard hat, blue collar, all that stuff, great, whatever. But I, I would take 10 point guards before i take Kyle Lowry. I really, really would. And so um I know he gets under your, your skin defensively. He does all the little things. But to me, I just, I, like I said, I probably would take 10 point guards ahead of him. All right, maybe some second-year guys ahead of him too. But I, I, got, I got the Raptors in that series. My Eastern Conference Finals – it's finally made up. It's going to be the Raptors and I got the Bucks, which is probably going to, um, end up beating the magic. He'd already, um, he did he, did he win that series? Did they win that series? Yeah, they did. He won that series. So, um, he'd already moved on. They're going to end up playing the Bucks. So, um, that's, that's, that's how I'm looking at it, man. That's how I'm looking at it with that. And, uh, We'll see. We'll see. I just I think the East next year, the Raptors aren't going anywhere. You don't know who, what they're going to do in free agency. OK, you got Boston coming back who has two picks in the NBA draft. We're going to talk about that in a little bit. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and step aside and then we'll be back for the next segment here on the Michael McCourty show on Sirius XM channel 145 slam radio. Thanks for keeping a lock. Ladies and gentlemen, I'll be right back with you.
0: You're listening to The Michael McCoy Show only on SiriusXM 145 Slam Radio. All
1: right, guys, we're back here with The Michael McCoy Show on Slam Radio, SiriusXM XM Channel 145. Been a good one. Been talking some NBA basketball, some more NBA basketball, and even some more NBA basketball. <laughs> um, promise gonna change things up a little bit, especially in the last couple segments here. But I still want to talk about some NBA basketball, why not? It seems to be dominating the headlines, of me, at least in my world. I mean, it's listen, we went from March all the way to freaking, what, late July or beginning of August with no basketball? Come on, man. Come on, man. Do you blame me? Do you blame me? I hope not. I mean, you could always switch the channel but, uh, or tune away, but um, this is what I'm talking about. And if you don't like it, I don't care. So anyway um, – one of my favorite things happened last week, and the NBA draft lottery is what I'm talking about. So let's take a look at that. Let's, let's, let's see what's going on here with the NBA draft lo- lottery. I mean, some, some quick takes about the lottery. So Boston has three picks in the first round. Excuse me. They're only in the second round now of the NBA playoffs with the potential of making an Eastern Conference final. Oh, crap. Yeah, that Boston team. With Jason Tatum, one of the best young studs in the league, future MVP in my mind, Jalen Hair, all the, I'm sorry, um, Jalen Brown, all those guys, three picks in the first round. You kind of wonder what um, what Danny Ainge has up his sleeve there. He's going to wheel and deal his way around for more picks next year. He's going to use them all. Maybe trade some some of those assets for players that can help him right away. I don't know. We shall see. But that Boston Celtics team has three picks in the first round. Wow. Wow. I mean, the rich get richer, right? That's just what it seems like. Um, Minnesota has two picks in the first round, and the Knicks have the eighth and the 27th pick. I don't know if that even means anything. (laughs) If we're being honest with each other, I don't know how much that means because the Knicks talk about a – a franchise in disarray. Jesus Christ, guys. Like, what are you doing? Like, what are you? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. The Knicks, man. So, um, yeah, they have the 8th and the 27th pick. We'll see what they do with it. I don't know. <laughs> um, obviously, Tom Thibodeau is calling the shots over there now as a head coach. The good thing about that is that the Knicks – I'm sorry, not the Knicks, but he will not be – Um, pulling double duty because over at Minnesota, I think he was like assistant vice president or something like that. Basketball operations. I know he wasn't the GM, but he was pulling double duty. And that was part of his downfall. If you ask me, I mean, a lot of people don't like him as a head coach because he has a history of, you know, running his guys into the ground, this, that, and the third, I get it, blah, 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 whatever. Hopefully he's learned from his mistakes, but as a basketball mind, I think he's as good as it gets. I think he's as good as it gets. Okay, he um, defensively knows his stuff. I don't know if you guys know this, but he was on that Celtics bench in two thousand eight when the Celtics won the NBA championship and they beat the and they beat the uh, who was it? The Lakers. They beat the Lakers in six, embarrassed them in game six, by the way. But yeah, man, that's uh, that. He he was the architect of that suffocating defense led by Kevin Garnett. Okay. Um, Paul Pierce was no scrub defensively Rajan Rondo was key was super key defensively for them and so he was the mastermind behind that and before that I think he had some time over with uh, I think it was the Rockets if I'm not mistaken I don't know but the uh, that was his that was his big time moment as an assistant leading up to his job with the Chicago Bulls So I want to really quick tell you about the the NBA draft lottery and kind of tell you what I think is going to happen. We'll see how right or wrong I am. But I want to go through the top 10 picks because, well, the lottery, let's go through the lottery and see uh, who's where, okay? So the draft order, let's start with number 13, all right? And if it pulls up, I apologize for not having this up already, but um, here it is. All right, so you got i uh, sorry, 14. Let's do the, um, the entire lottery. So Boston's at 14, okay? I already told you they have three picks in the first round. Their highest is 14, all right? And they're in the playoffs. So the Pelicans are at 13. We all know what they did last year with Zahn, uh Williams. They had a nice little core over there. Just fired their coach with, I don't agree with, Alvin Gentry. I hate how teams use him uh, to kind of get things going, and they don't let him see the project through. I think that's a mistake, okay? Especially when you have a young team that you're trying to build. You know, uh, let them see it through. Get them, give them at least, you know, with this core with uh, with Lonzo Ball, with Brandon Ingram, with you know, and obviously Zion. Give them a couple years to see what happens, and you know, the GM get some pieces around them. I, I just disagreed with disagreed with that. Uh, the Sacramento Kings are at 12. The Spurs are at 11. Okay, we're not used to seeing the Spurs out of the playoffs. I think this is the first time in. I don't know how many years that the Spurs do not make the playoffs. I saw that stat, and I can't remember it right now, but they're at 11. The Phoenix Suns are at 10. We're perfect in the bubble. Washington Wizards at 9. The Knicks at 8. The Pistons at 7. The Hawks, who drafted Luka Doncic, are at 6. You draft Luka, and you trade him for for Trey Young. Whew. Whew. Yeah, just... You kind of wonder what Atlanta's feeling right now about that, right? Uh, The Cavs are at five. My lowly Bulls are at four. The Charlotte Hornets at three. The Golden State Warriors are at two. They pick second. And the Minnesota Timberwolves have the top pick in the NBA draft. You want to know what my mentality is when you have a team that sucks so much, like my Bulls, like the Hornets, like the Knicks, like the Cavs, like the Wolves, like whoever. And I'm not just talking about basketball. No, 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 no. I'm not just talking about basketball. I'm talking about any sports, okay? But for the sake of, of the conversation, let's keep it basketball uh, centered, basketball driven. Um, I'm a huge, huge advocate of when your team stinks so bad I don't think one player, one piece is going to move the needle. Not even a little bit, not even a little bit. I really don't, excuse me. I really don't believe that. I've always felt that way. And I'm a huge believer in trading a high draft pick because like I said, one guy, isn't going to do anything. Let's take my bulls for example. All right. Um, Actually, let's not even talk. No, no, I don't want to talk about those guys, but, uh, you trade piece for pieces, for assets, whether it's you want to move back and get a couple players from another team and a pick or, or, or just trade away your pick altogether and get nothing but players that can help you right now. And by players, I mean if you're trading something as high as, you know, one, two, three, or four, even five, uh, you should be getting a couple players that can help you right now, Okay. And I'm not talking about superstars, but some formidable players that can at least help you get into the playoffs, all right? And um, however you want to mortgage that pick, you know, whether you say, all right, you give me a player and a a pick later in the draft or two players and a pick, you know, later in the draft in the second round or next year, I don't know. But that's what I would do. And I think that's what every team in the draft, I'm sorry, at least um, in the top – I mean, the Pistons have a nice – the Pistons, I, I believe, have a pretty nice core. Okay, they weren't far away from making uh, it to the bubble. If you ask me, I really don't think so. Uh, Bruce Brown, they got Bruce Brown. They got Derrick Rose, who can still play. Obviously, you still got uh, uh, Blake Griffin doing his thing. We'll um, see. I don't know. There's just certain teams that are in the lottery that are closer than others. And the ones that are far, far, far away: the Knicks, the Bulls, uh, the Wolves, the Cavs, the Hornets. For crying out loud, the Spurs are not. Okay. I don't think the Pelicans are that far away. Heck, they, um, they looked pretty good. They looked pretty good, if you ask me, it, uh, when we saw them you know, in the bubble and everything like that. Obviously, the Celtics are in there. They don't need that much help. The Suns, they won eight in a row. Uh, we'll see what they do um, with that. But I, that, that's how I think it's happening. You want to know what I, what, what I would do if I was Golden State? I would go after Wiseman. I really would go after Wiseman. The kid from Memphis – who had his eligibility cut short for some for something stupid, man. I don't remember what it was, but it was a situation in which Penny, uh Anthony Hardaway, uh was sticking up for the kid and um something with Penny and then the NCAA got involved and you know Penny did something he shouldn't have done or something with, you know, along those lines. I don't know what it was, but cost the kid his eligibility. And he was fighting it. He was fighting and he tried to get back and play some games, but the NCAA ultimately said no, and so whatever. But if I'm Golden State, first of all, I think Golden State next year, I think a lot of people are writing them off. A lot of people are writing them off, and I don't think they should be. Steph is going to be back and healthy, okay? And I think he's going to play with it. I think all these guys are going to be playing with a chip on their shoulder, Uh, that core, okay, that, uh, that core being Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, and Draymond Green, I think they're going to come back with a huge chip on their shoulder because mm-hmm. recency bias is a mother effer, all right? And a lot of people are acting like Golden State is just an afterthought. They're injured. They're not done. There's a difference, okay? These, these guys aren't 40 years old. These guys aren't 35, 36 years old. No. And plus, when you shoot the lights out like they do, it's not like if they're banging their knees into the floor, into the ground, uh, using super athleticism to get them to the ultimate, you know, to to the ultimate goal, which is the NBA tie. That that wasn't their game. Heck, Klay Thompson scores, what, like 40 and 50 points with dribbling the ball eight times in a game. Remember that? I think, what what did Klay go off for? What was it, like 30-something points in a quarter? And I think they counted the amount of times he dribbled in that game, and it was something ridiculous, like not even 10 times. So their game is suited to be playing for a very, very, very long time, okay? Uh, those guys didn't play this year. And, um, you know, much of it, I think Steph came and Did Didn't Steph play a couple games? This, I believe he did. but uh, Or didn't he? I can't remember. It was so far back before the stoppage of play. But I'm getting an athlete like Wiseman, and I'll tell you why. Golden State, Golden State actually tends to struggle against athletic teams. They really do. They, they tend to struggle against teams that have uh, a lot or even a little bit of athleticism because the Golden State Warriors, for as great as they are, were, whatever, you know, whatever word you want to use, they're not super athletic. They never really have been. Let's take that first championship for um, example, and their most athletic player was probably Iggy, Andre Iguodala. You know, you had David Lee, uh, Clay Thompson, obviously those three guys, Steph and Clay, uh, Sean Livingston, you had Leandro Barbosa, and, you know, whoever else, but they didn't have that standout athletic guy. And I think they can use it. The first time that they really ever did have that was with KD. And look, obviously, how that turned out. I mean, two championships, you get to the finals three years in a row, and if it weren't for a slew of injuries and just bad overall luck, you're talking about a three-peat, okay? I'm going after that that Wiseman, Kim, because I think, first of all, he's not going to demand the ball, okay? He can play off the ball, and he's a big man. I think you plug him right into the starting lineup, and if not, he's going to be – a hell of a sixth man, even a seventh man. He's gonna get a lot of minutes. That's one team that should not trade trade away their pick because I mean, I mean, <laughs> again, you got the best shooting backcourt ever in Klay Thompson and Steph Curry coming back. Okay. Draymond Green is Draymond Green. We all know what he brings to the table. And uh, I just don't think they're far off. I think automatically Golden State is in the running to being a top two to three team in the Western Conference next year. They're going to be playing angry, and they should be. And not because of how things turned out on the floor, on the court, but because of the disregard and the dismissive – the dismissive tone that they're getting from quote unquote experts out, you know, in the media. And it's just crazy to me. Like, don't you see what these guys have done? These guys have been together forever. They know each other's game. They have the same coach. Okay. Same system. And it's a system that's proven uh, to be pretty much unstoppable. Okay. They're not like the Houston Rockets. They don't just shoot. Through. They can get inside the lane when it's not working. They know how to manufacture points. They can score in the half court. Okay. And guess what? They play defense. Yeah they they that's something that they actually do um way better than the rockets can i mean the rockets can't even spell defense but yeah man um that's 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 it's going to be interesting to keep an eye on what the warriors do with their pick i'm hoping i'm hoping they don't trade it and i'm hoping they pick up that kid wiseman from from memphis but we'll see we'll, we'll see what happens man but that's the pick again i'll run it back to you from 14 to 1 the Seas at 14, Pelicans 13, the Kings at 12, San Antonio 11, the Suns at 10, Washington 9, the Knicks at 8, the Pistons at 7, the Hawks at 6, the Cavs at 5, the Bulls at 4, uh, the, Ho- the Hornets at 3, the Dubs at 2, and, of course, the Timberwolves with the first pick in the 2020 NBA Drafts. Wow. Wow. But – um. Yeah, man, that's it's pretty much stay locked for the Michael McCoy Show. And um, we'll be right back on the other side of the break. Sirius Channel 145, Slam Radio. We'll be right back.
0: This is Sirius XM 145, Slam Radio.
3: Text and work. Text and pretend to work. Text and act surprised when someone calls you out for not working. Who, me? text and whatever. Just don't text and drive. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. A message from NHTSA and the Ad Council.
2: My mother was always very active and independent and she was familiar with her neighborhood. But one day she stopped at the stop sign for much longer than usual. She wasn't even really sure where she was at. It's important for you to talk to someone about it. I felt so much better
3: after my son told me, mom will figure it out. When something feels different, it could be Alzheimer's. Now is the time to talk. Visit alz.org/slash our stories to learn more. A message from the Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council.
0: The views and opinions expressed on the Michael McCoy show are entirely those of the hosts, guests, and callers and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of Slam Radio. Good morning, amigo. Just the two of us. We can make it if we try. Just the two of us.
3: Careful. You and I. Well oh, you have to, you forgot the Oh, the two of us—we're building castles in the sky. Just the two of us. Go. You and no. I. There you go.
0: Good morning, amigo. Weekdays from 7 to 11, only on Siri6M 145 Slam Radio. 180 over 111, and I had a stroke. I couldn't speak or walk.
3: This is high blood pressure. Get back on your plan. Go to loweryourhbp.org. Brought to you by the American Stroke Association, American Medical Association, and the Ad Council. For every sport of every kind, tune in here where you will find.
0: And now we're back with the Michael McCoy Show on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio.
1: Hey, it's me again. Yeah, it's it's me again. You want to know what, though? Um... We're going to talk about some football. Yeah, you didn't see that coming, didn't you? you I mean, did you? You didn't see that coming, right? We're going to talk about some football. Well, not we, but me. I. I'm going to talk about some football. You're going to listen, and I hope you're going to like it. If not, I'm sorry. But I'm going to do my best to make it sound like I know what I'm talking about, okay? How, how's that? How How's that? So, yeah, I, I figured we'd get into some football because the next segment, our guests... There's a little bit about football and a little bit about basketball, too. She's going to surprise the hell out of you guys. And, um, you know, we'll, we'll just wait for that. I think it's a pretty cool teaser. But some NFL training camp news, guys. By the way, you're listening to The Michael McCoy Show here on Sirius XM, Channel 145, Slam Radio. Happy Monday to everybody out there. Thank you for tuning in wherever you're listening to this, however you're listening to this. Uh, live streaming you you name it we're also on iTunes, so if you are just now catching it uh and you want to catch the beginning of the show from from jump, you can go ahead and do that on iTunes. just uh wait for it to be downloaded in a in a little bit and it'll be there so uh, thanks for your support so I want to talk about Earl Thomas. why do I want to talk about Earl Thomas? Well, because he's been in the news for all the wrong things ever since, he flipped the birdie to Pete Carroll during his last game as a Seattle Seahawk as he was being carted off the field against the Arizona Cardinals after breaking his leg. Remember that? I do. That was in, to be exact, that was September 30th of 2008. So I want to go over a two-year timeline between – uh. Well, of, of, of Earl Thomas, you know, all pro safety Earl Thomas of the University of Texas Longhorns, formerly of the Seattle Seahawks, and now formerly of the Baltimore Ravens. That's right. Earl Thomas has been cut from the Baltimore Ravens. And I mean, check this out. I'm, I'm, I'm going to do some reading here because these notes are not mine. It's coming straight from ESPN.com. And it literally is a two-year timeline uh, by Jameson Hensley, which is a staff writer on ESPN. So I'm going to skim through it. I'm going to get the highlights out. And I- I'm going to tell you at the end of it why I want to talk about Earl Thomas. Okay. So as I said earlier, September 30th, 2018 breaks his leg in week four at Arizona. flips off the birdie to Pete Carroll. Bye-bye. That was it. March 12, 2019, uh, Earl Thomas agrees to a one-year, $12 million contract with the Kansas City Chiefs. The very next day, March 13, 2019, just as the Chiefs were about to send a private jet for Thomas, Baltimore comes flying in out of nowhere, uh, offering a four-year, $55 million contract, which included a $32 million uh, in guaranteed money which was the largest given to a non-quarterback in franchise history. Um, Would you have taken that deal? Would you have said bye-bye to Kansas City Chiefs? I think I would have. He definitely didn't miss that Super Bowl win that they had against my Niners because he already has a Super Bowl ring as a member of the Seahawks. So, uh, big deal, right? Okay, cool. So, that was March 13th of 2019. March 15th, um, he says he's taking a fresh start. OK, you know, he's putting all this crap behind him, you know, you know, the, the bad high uh, bad headlines between flipping off Carol and, uh, you know, the contract dispute that he had, because that's exactly why he flipped off Carol. You know, he didn't get the contract that he wanted. And so when he got hurt, that's exactly what happened. You know, you flipped the guy off and I didn't get what I want. So screw you, whatever. June 13th, 2019, during spring workouts. He acknowledged, he being obviously Earl Thomas, acknowledged that the Ravens' defense was complex. Dude, are you serious? Complex compared to the one run in Seattle. You don't do that. You're the new guy on the block. I don't care how how much tenure you have in the NFL, what you've accomplished in the NFL. You're the new guy on this team. And you kind of had... A little bit of a bad couple weeks there. So you uh you kind of need you said you're gonna start a fresh start, and then you 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 say that this defense is complex. Com- I don't know. I mean, some may not see it as a big deal. I just don't think that's the right thing to say to media about um about your new defense. He went on to say instead of playing cover three exclusively like he did with the Seahawks, Thomas was trying to adjust to a Ravens scheme that makes calls on the fly. Quote. I haven't really enjoyed it that much to be totally honest, but I know it's going to pay off because we're going to make it very hard on quarterbacks, dude. Come on, man. You sound like LeBron James uh, talking to the media, just not smart. Okay. All right. So whatever that's uh, that's that July 24th of the same year, 2019, he stands by his decision on flipping off uh, Pete Carroll says he doesn't regret his decision. And if its teammates felt like it was towards them, he regrets that part, but he doesn't regret doing it to Pete. Okay, cool. Whatever. Fine. Um, July 31st, he intercepts Lamar Jackson in training camp, returns it it for a touchdown. Obviously, Lamar Jackson, league MVP, and, you know, Earl Thomas intercepts him. September 8th, 2019, Miami – they're playing Miami, and he intercepts Ryan Fitzpatrick for a pick six – only problem is, that's the only intercept. That's that Earl Thomas made one more interception for the rest of the season, which came against uh, Tom Brady in uh in October, in October twentieth, uh, twenty nineteen. He said that. Uh, Not he said. I'm sorry. He um was that in October? No. I'm sorry. I take that back. It was November. That was November 3rd of 2019. To help seal a win over the then-undefeated Pats, he picked off Brady in the fourth quarter. Cool. Before that, however, check this out. I got to go backwards. So in October of the same season, um, in his first game back at Seattle, okay, uh, which they won, all right, they won that game. The next day, he didn't return with the Ravens on a team flight back to Baltimore, Osoris confirmed. He chose to take the entire by week off blowing off team meetings on monday and tuesday the source added dude what are you what are you doing what are you doing i'm, I'm getting to the end here just stick with me i promise i'm getting to the end january 7 2020 before the playoff game against the titans thomas was active about facing derrick henry after he ran for 182 yards and a touchdown against the patriots guys didn't seem like they were interested in tackling him okay so, why didn't you tackle him, buddy? Because on January 11th, when Henry ran for 195 yards in a 28 12 upset win in Baltimore, Thomas got absolutely planted by a, <laughs> by a Derek Henry, which is not a running back. That guy's a robot. He's like a transform. He's like Megatron. All right. Um, I know that's uh, Calvin Johnson's nickname, but still, this guy, I mean, come on. He got stiff armed twice. Stiff armed twice. And made him look like a child. So, yeah, apparently Earl Thomas wasn't too interested in tackling this behemoth of a running back either. So, whatever. So, fast forward to April 13th, 2020. Thomas's wife was arrested in Texas after the police uh, said that she pointed a loaded gun at her husband's head during an argument in which supposedly, you know, TMZ said that, you know, he was... He was, uh, it was due to infidelity, and she was pissed off, and, you know, she found out, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Okay, fine. Um, but then we're going to fast forward all the way up until a couple days ago, right? Okay, today's August 24th. August 21st, toward the end of the fourth practice, the training cramp practice, Thomas decided to blitz, and Mark Andrews caught a long touchdown pass in the area where Thomas was supposed to be covering. Chuck Clark ripped off his helmet, threw it to the ground. He and Thomas argued, right? Okay, August 22nd, Thomas was told to stay home and not report to the facility uh, for practice. Thomas posts a video of the play on social media that showed busted coverage and Clark throwing his helmet in anger. You posted a video of practice, dude. What the hell are you doing? Like, that's like, you're you're, you're revealing all your secrets, even if it's just one play. Like, what are you you doing? He ends up deleting the video, okay? But that could have been seen as a violation of team rules, which is exactly why he was released. The Ravens tweeted, on August 23rd at 1226 p.m., we have terminated safety Earl Thomas' contract for personal conduct that has adversely affected the Baltimore Ravens. Was that the little scuffle he got into with Clark? Was that the video that he posted online? Who knows? I don't know. But yeah, 16-word tweet said that they were done with him. Dude, what happened to you uh, saying that you were gonna be better and do better? And come on, man. Come on, man. Hashtag, come on, man. Um, Yeah, so I'm bringing Earl Thomas up to say what? He's rumored to be um, headed to the boys, you know, America's team, the Dallas Cowboys. Why though? Is it because? Is it just because he went to uh, University of Texas and he played his college ball as a Longhorn? Is that the only reason? Why I don't know. Is it because Jerry Jones is Jerry Jones, and he I don't know. My thing is why not the Patriots? Right? I mean, they signed everybody. It seems like they signed people with checkered pasts and have success in keeping them level-headed with everybody in the you know with the exception of you know Antonio Brown okay which I don't know if he's we've seen the end of him and his playing days but I mean why not number one they're gonna get him for the cheap okay number two they'll have a team full of goons not full of goons but because I uh by by goons I, I mean that in the most positive way okay I don't mean that in a derogatory way, manner at all. I'm just saying, guys that uh, that are edgy, that are chippy, but they tend to, f- you know, fly straight and fly right under Bill Belichick. It's my way or the highway. You want to win a Super Bowl or not? Okay, stay here, say what I uh, do, what I say. Shut up and play football. Boom. I think that would be the perfect fit. It's funny because every anytime somebody gets released, that is a big time player. I I just always see them in my head. I'm like, Oh, Patriots. oh, Patriots. Randy Moss, Patriots. Antonio Brown, Patriots. Earl Earl Thomas, Patriots. You know, why not? Josh Gordon, Patriots. Josh Gordon didn't work out either. He's with the, he's with the Seahawks now, but um, it, it just works out that way because they have a way of dealing with egos and guys with a past that's, you know, isn't also positive. And Earl Thomas isn't a bad guy. He's just had a bad run, a bad 12 months, I guess you could say. But uh, that that's what I'm thinking because, I mean, look, the Patriots are still my favorite to win the AFC East, despite how much better the Bills have gotten, despite how much uh, better the Dolphins have gotten, at least defensively on that side of the ball. They made a, a bunch of signings defensively, you know, during the offseason. Uh I don't see them winning anything close to 10 games. They're not gonna win a division. The Jets, eh? I don't know. But the Bills and the Patriots is between those two teams in a division, if you ask me. And I I think that the Patriots will win a division if if uh if Cam Newton can stay healthy. Some say that's a big if. I don't think it's that big of a deal. I mean, sometimes you just you're you're injured. You just you have that happen to you. Before the past few years, um, Cam Newton didn't have a, if I'm not mistaken, I mean, I don't follow the uh the Panthers that much, but I don't remember the guy missing so many games. I mean, we're talking about a league MVP here, okay? When he's healthy, he's as good as it gets. So I, I don't know. I just think that that would be a fit for the Patriots, and I think he can help them out, man. I think he can help them out. In other news, in other football news, for anybody that was kind of wondering if I was going to change things up, um, tell me why, tell me why, People are wondering if the if the uh, the Tampa Bay Bucks quarterback position is all but sewn up. I mean, duh. I mean, didn't we <laughs> didn't we say that? I mean, didn't we automatically know that that position was sewn up as soon as Tom Brady signed on the dotted line? So why is this a thing? I don't even know who their backup quarterback is. Okay. But um, let's talk about that really, really quick. The Packers, the Saints, they get physical. And then um, actually, no, I'm talking about the – yeah, and the the Patriots QB battle comes into focus. Again, I'm still on ESPN.com, and I'm just going to go really quick here because I only got about two more minutes left for the rest of the segment. But uh, let's see. Let's see what we have here. So um, news and notes from the NFL according to ESPN.com. Uh, it feels like Jared Stidham's status in the New England Patriots quarterback picture is slipping as Cam Newton and Brian Hoyer took the bulk of the reps on Sunday. Okay. Okay. Um, let's see here. What else? Pittsburgh Steelers. Everybody knows about Ben coming back. We'll see how that happens. The Dallas Cowboys. I, you know what? I am not I am not going to do anybody the satisfaction or, or give anybody the satisfaction of talking about the Cowboys. Cause I just don't think it's going to happen for them. <laughs> I really don't think it's going to happen for them. I think that they're going to get in the, in their own way again, how Stephen, Stephen A. Smith always predicts. I mean, you saw, unfortunately, I mean, this sucks. I'm, I'm not even making fun of this situation, but um, Gerald McCoy, man, you know, tearing his ACL, that, that just sucks. He, he ends up getting released because his contract had an injury waiver or injury clause. So, We'll see. Jameis Winston I will talk about. Now with the Saints, they say that he had his best uh, had by far his best set of full team drills as a New New Orleans Saints during practice on Sunday. Completed a beautiful 50-yard strike to Benny Fowler. That's good to hear. Taysom Hill got work with the starters while Drew Brees took a day off, took a day's rest off. All right. Um, You want to know what I think about uh, the Tennessee Titans? I think Ryan Hill is going to have a uh I think he's gonna come back down to earth I really do think that last year was an aberration man I mean I, I just I, I don't I don't I don't I don't see it that guy benefited from a hell of a running game and you know how the NFL is you look good one year and then you get figured out the next I think that's exactly what's gonna happen to Ryan Tannehill um I just don't think that he makes opposing defensive coordinators lose any sleep but in any event gotta go ahead and pay some bills really quick guys we'll be right back you'll be listening to the michael mccoy show on sirius xm sirius xm sorry channel 145 slam radio keep it locked we shall be right back
3: hey look
0: what i found a radio radio this is sirius xm
2: 145 slam radio Why should you volunteer with Meals on Wheels? I'll come to the door with one meal, and I'll walk away with a full heart. Drop off a warm meal and get more than you expect. Volunteer at americaletsdolunch.org. Brought to you by Meals on Wheels America and the Ad Council.
3: Allison is perfect. I mean, she'd never tell you that. She's perfect. Allison, wait, are you texting and driving? Texting and driving makes good people look bad. Visit StopTechStopRex.org. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council.
0: We'll be back with the Michael McCoy Show. On Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio.
1: Good morning, amigo. Uh, hey, man, hey, look, if they pick up two Nigga Manuel Lapolla too, I'll, I'll be fine with him. But I'm just looking I'm looking at the different angles. It doesn't You call
3: him that. I call him Tunga Vailoa. Whatever you want to call him.
1: Listen, I don't know if they're 100% sold on Tua Nigga Manu Alapola.
3: Tunga Vailoa is the next quarterback of the Miami Dolphins. How can you get that name so perfect? Tua Nigga Manu Tua? I can't do it. I'm done. Tunga Vailoa. Tua Nigga Manu Alapola. Tunga Vailoa. Tua Nigga Manu Alapola. Tunga Vailoa. Tua Nigga Tunga Vailoa. See? That sounds much better, than that one. <laughs>
0: Good morning, amigo. Weekdays from 7 to 11, only on Siri6M 145 Slam Radio.
3: To protect his home and family from disaster, Steve used courage, wisdom, and his camera phone.
2: That should do it.
3: Way to go, Steve. By simply taking digital pictures of his family's important
1: documents, Steve can always have them stored safely online, no matter when disaster strikes. Learn other simple ways to protect your home and family before a natural disaster at ready.gov. That's ready.gov. A message from FEMA and the Ad Council.
0: And now we're back with The Michael McCoy Show on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio.
1: All right, everybody. Thanks for sticking around with me throughout that last break. You've been listening to The Michael McCoy Show on Sirius XM Channel 145 Slam Radio. So far, so good. Every, hope everybody's Monday's been going very well. Um, got a really, really special guest on the line right now. Been wanting to talk to her for a minute. The super, super duper talented Jasmine Paxson. Please refer to her as Jazz. Um, Kane's Twitter knows exactly who she is. This girl is super talented, doing a whole bunch of edits for everybody, for all these young guys coming out of high school, or even the current collegiate Miami um, mean, Hurricanes. We'll get into it. She does any other edits, but she's born and raised in Miami. She uh, leads Orange and Green through and through. Jazz, how you doing this afternoon? I'm doing great. How is everybody? All right. We're glad to uh, have you on the Michael McCoy Show. And it's been a minute since we've been wanting to talk to you over here because everybody sees your work throughout Twitter. And I I, I can't imagine a Canes fan that isn't familiar with your stuff. Um, I just want to get right into it because I got a lot to ask you. Can you talk about your background and uh your journey to where you are now maybe how you start started getting into edits
4: right actually i'm very new to edits which is funny um i actually just started doing edits in june of this year okay so and it's weird because i am an artist so i do draw things of that nature but i'm sports savvy so okay and around June I was like I followed a lot of Canes fans and I was like okay because I've always been a Canes fan since I was a kid it runs in my family um but it was like I started actually following a lot more Canes fans on Twitter and I just started other people doing edits and I'm like that's dope and I was bored one day because you know with quarantine you're just home all day long bored and I'm like oh, I want to try it you know because I love art anyway so I was like let me try and I love sports so it was a great combo so I just downloaded this random app and it's not even Photoshop because I'm I actually do not know how to use Photoshop at all. So it's funny. So I downloaded this random app, and I was like, let me try it around. You know, I have creative ideas, and I'm really good with that. So I just started, like, having these ideas randomly with different athletes on the team. And I'm just like, okay, I want to try this and that. And then I just started putting it together. And then every day I've gotten better and better at it because, you know, I started learning more about the app and things that I can do on the app and what I can't do, things of that nature and other apps. So, like, I just got better and better at it. And then now it's just – I just keep throwing them out there whenever like wow. I actually was in Atlanta this past weekend for a vacation for a friend's birthday. And I just started doing an edit for Jay Garcia. And I was like, oh, I have this idea. I'm going to just do it. And I just did it. It took me roughly like 35, 40 minutes to do it. It's really simplistic, but I had posted it. Um, mm-hmm. But it's like it just comes to me. So I just started doing it. And just started in June,
1: actually. So I'm actually new to it. Wow. Give wow. me a
4: year. I'm going to be a pro. Well,
1: you it looks like you've been doing it for 10 years. I'll say that right now. <laughs> thank you. I mean, yeah, we, we really enjoy your work. And first of all, shout out to your family. They raised you right. <laughs> Saints fan, they did right. you right. They know what they're doing. But um, <laughs> that's interesting. June, wow. So there we go. We learned something. Well, I learned something new um, about you. She picked this up during quarantine. That's what everybody kind of should have been doing because everybody's stuck at right. home, pick up a new habit. So kudos to you. But oh, that's very you. interesting. I, w- I would have never guessed that. Um, you said you, you just have these ideas that come into your head and then you kind of, you know, you put them, I I can't say on paper, but I guess on a computer. And I mean, like what inspires these ideas is it just randomly, you know, uh, running through the smoke. Oh, I think I want to do somebody running through the smoke. Is it something that you see? Like, how do you come up with these ideas?
4: Um, depends on the, okay. So for example, um, I would say it depends on, uh, the player, their background, their position things of that nature so i'm not going to okay if i'm doing a quarterback i'm not going to interpret something that a running back would it's oh, it's hard to to explain but for example with the running back room i did an edit uh, for all four of the running backs that's coming in the cam rooster don and thad and like off that in my head i'm like okay well when i'm when i'm working on an edit i'm going to decide something pertaining to that um okay pertaining to their position, pertaining to old um, running backs from the Miami Hurricanes from years ago, of course, like Migehi, Portis, um, things of that nature. So I'm, it's more of like when I'm doing an edit, I have a background story Got it. Um, pertaining to either that person or that position. Um, so I'm going to incorporate it that way. Um, like, for example, the earlier edits I've done, um, like I would do an edit, like a postcard edit. I have an upcoming edit, so I'm going to post for the 2020 class, more so about the Heisman Trophy. So I'm going to do an edit with regards to that. I'm not going to do an edit for the Heisman Trophy for 2021 class. You know, they didn't even make it to the, you know, to the Canes yet. So it's like, it depends. So that's how I come about an edit for Jay Garcia as well. I have another edit coming for him and James. Um, so it all depends uh, on the personnel and depends on the position. So I just think of, or with their background, where they're from, things of that nature. So it all depends on that. And that's how I come up with it
1: good stuff again you, cool. you would have fooled everyone i i, I bet you that anybody <laughs> that's listening to this across the nation is going to think after seeing your work that man she's just being modest there's where she started in june so oh, no. good word that's that's amazing but um <laughs> thank you yeah no problem uh have you done an edit that made you say wow I'm, I'm pretty good that edit that that edit is fire is there one or maybe more than one that kind of just sticks out of the ones that you've done so far
4: i would say there's Three of them, yes. Um, Three of them would be the one with um, the no-fly zone with with Avante, with um, James, and with Cam. I would say the next one would say the running back room um, with Rooster, you know, with Cam, with Dad, and with Don. And I would say the third one I would have to say would be um, the three-headed GOAT with Romello, Bruchard, and with Jacoby. I would say those three are my favorites those
1: three so far man that was good I remember that yeah (laughs) after those now that you mentioned all of those three yeah that 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 one with Romello and them that one was tough I got it yeah
4: that's part of my favorite that's part of my
1: favorite so far okay um do you have a personal relationship with any of these guys do they reach out to you or is it just that you just do it without knowing really uh making any contact with them
4: Yep, I actually don't make contact with them. Um, the most contact I have with them is if they, like, retweet or quote tweet my tweets or my pictures. But for the most part, I've never gotten to contact with any of them. There's probably only one UM player I've gotten in contact with, and that was Thomas Davis. Okay. Um, he actually reached out to me. But that was the only person, I would say. Anyone else? I haven't. I just, you know, study. I study their background. I study their film, things of that nature, and then I put together edits for them.
1: They should get to know you, man. Okay. Sure thank you, because that, that's great. <laughs> Um, do you only do football? Have you vent- I mean, I know you love football, but I also know you're a hooper. We're going to get into that. But um, yes. do you only do football? Because I know you said you were an artist. You know, that's part of your background.
4: Mm-hmm. So um, right now I'm just doing football, but I do want to venture into basketball. Um, okay. um, I actually was going to do an edit for an old friend of mine who I grew up with um, who played for UM basketball team, um, Zach Johnson. I was going to do an edit for him. Um, I went to middle school with him and high school um, for a little bit, and then he transferred over um, to Norland High School. Right. But I was going to do an edit for him because that is an old-time friend. But I haven't done it for basketball or any other sports, but I do want to venture, especially in basketball. It's my favorite sport. So I
1: right. definitely right. want to venture into basketball. Well, Zach looked like a damn football player. He looked like a running back. Right,
4: <laughs> and it's funny because in middle school he was much smaller, and really? he grew. Yeah, he grew within like a year from seventh grade to eighth grade. Wow, grew and started dunking out of nowhere because he <laughs> he barely touched the net in seventh grade, and it's crazy. And in the eighth grade, he started touching the net and started dunking out of nowhere, and just he just from there. So oh, it's yeah. it's great watching that. Yeah, yeah
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember. Yes. Um, I remember the first time I touched the rim. I think I nipped it. I think I was. Eighth grade going into ninth grade, man, you couldn't tell me nothing. I, was, I, I still was
4: can't dad. touch the net. No? But I, I, I still can't, but I'll tell people I can. Okay.
1: <laughs> That's the way to do it. We um, <laughs> segueed into that perfectly. And by the way, we're speaking to Jazz May, or actually call it Jazz Paxson, mm-hmm. um, super duper talented edit. Uh, she does edits for Kane's Football, and then we're going to talk about a little bit more that she does. You segued it perfectly because I wanted to talk about basketball. I was doing a little homework on you, and I saw that you, you're good with The Rock. So, Oh, yeah. Yeah? You play oh, basketball? Yeah.
4: Basketball? Uh, I've been playing basketball since I was seven. Okay. So I've studied basketball since I was seven. So I grew up with three older brothers, right? So I was the only girl. Um, my brothers, they're singers, so they don't play sports like that. But I grew up playing sports. I was like, they tried to get me to sing. I was like, no, that's not who I am. I started watching sports. They'll give me dolls. I'm like, ew, get that on my face. And then <laughs> I will find any ball possible and I will find a ball and just bounce it. And I started watching and I started watching Kobe Bryant. So anyone who knows me, I idolize Kobe Bryant. It's like a father to me. So, um, so I started watching Kobe. I just started watching the Lakers. I started playing basketball and I just became so great at it. Um, unfortunately, my career got cut short in high school due to poverty, different reasons like that. But okay. um, Yes. Basketball is everything to me. So I actually recently when I was in Georgia, the Airbnb I was at had a hoop and I was like, mm. I, it was like, I felt like a kid at a candy store. I was like, I saw the hoop. Every All my friends getting ready to go out. I'm in the backyard playing basketball. So I'm like, okay, because I haven't touched a ball in, for, in so long, in like four or five months. And so I just started shooting, and I would just I, – I i couldn't stop. And it was like – it was just in and then in and then I was like, oh, yes. I felt like – I was just picturing myself on the court again. So it felt great. So, yeah, it's, basketball, like, runs through me.
1: Of like, course, man. It's yeah, it's everything. From me. one hoop or two to another, I get it. Because, mm-hmm. like you, it's been a minute since I picked up a ball. I mean, we're, everybody's so busy nowadays. And unless that is your mm-hmm. craft, then you really – you can't dedicate as exactly. much time to it as, like, you want to. But, yeah, man, I'll get on the court, and I'll I, before I know it, it's two or three hours and I c- I can easily shoot two or three hours just worth of free throws, just working on free throws. Like no Same,
2: problem.
1: same. No yes. at all. But, um, it's- today's his birthday. Today's yeah, birthday, I know. So. I was
4: emotional this morning. So uh,
1: yeah, that, <laughs> yeah that's it a- was, it was a lot. <laughs> I don't want to get into that, man, but it it, it still doesn't seem right, man. That's just, oof. it doesn't, but um, oh. happy B day Kobe. You know, we, we, we're thinking about you down here, man. Um, uh, all right. All right. So, let me ask you this because I uh mm-hmm. like most people, you know, we don't want to put you into a box and I'm sure you're talented in more ways than one. So if Jazz wasn't doing edits, she'd be what?
4: Um multiple things. Um coaching for sure. Okay. Um I did coach basketball before um in Mikosuki, actually. Nice. Um and um it was 17 and 18 year olds. I was coaching basketball for. Um, but I stopped doing that. It was a few years ago, but coaching, definitely sports analysts. Definitely. Nice. Um, I, all day long, if I could, I just watch sports all day long, whether it's football <laughs> or basketball, my fiance don't like it. <laughs> so sometimes I have to sacrifice <laughs> and like, you know, and I get so mad sometimes low key, but you know, but it's like all day long. That's all I'm doing is just analyzing, um, whatever it is. I would say sports analysts, um, and then a designer, um, I do design clothing. So that's something outside of sports that I do. Mm-hmm. I'm actually. I have hard. a Go ahead. a business. Yeah, I'm actually going to launch my business in a couple of months, and it's going to be clothing that I'm actually launching.
1: Yeah. So I'm actually
4: working on that too, simultaneously while doing edits while working as well. So constantly just working.
1: See, see she's but, not just all about edits, ladies and gentlemen. This is I told you, girls <laughs> talented, but make sure you put that out there on your Twitter because we'll be we'll, so we can support that because we definitely oh, of support you. Oh yeah. In that. Yeah, um, let's see what else. So let, let let's let's stick let's stick with basketball. You see. The playoffs going on right now. Um, What are your thoughts? What are you looking forward to, you know, the rest of the postseason?
4: The Miami Heat, actually. Um, They're actually a shocker for me. I didn't expect them to be as well um, as they are right now. Only because of – I didn't expect Bam, Robinson, or none to play as well as they've been playing. So, they're shockers for me. So, I think they've taken the heat up largely. I actually – now, after seeing them and how their chemistry is, I actually don't – I would not be surprised if they win the East. Okay. Um I, at first I didn't have the winning the East. Um at first I actually had the Celtics. I'm not sold on the Bucks. I haven't been sold on the Bucks. I still won't be sold on them. I feel like Giannis should go to somewhere else. Mm. Um I feel like his chances of going to either the Heat or the Warriors are actually high. Mm-hmm. Um but I don't I'm not sold on the Bucks. I just don't feel like they have enough. Um I would say so I would say it was probably gonna I feel like the Heat will be the Bucks. Um I think it will be the Heat and the Celtics, but I think that he will beat them. I would say out the West, I'm still sold on the Clippers. Yeah, um, yeah. I still feel like the Clippers are just too deep. I don't feel like the Lakers are deep enough. Um, I feel like AD can't do everything all the time. Um, if he does, if the Lakers do win, I feel like AD will win MVP. It right. will be because of him over LeBron, right. which may be a shocker because everybody expects it to be LeBron, but I feel like AD has carried the Lakers a lot. Um, he yeah. leads them in all, in points, rebounds. Everything. Um, But I feel like at the while is going to take a toll on him because they don't have enough depth. I right. feel like the Clippers do. Um, I still feel like the Clippers will win out the West, and I feel like it may possibly come down the Clippers versus the Heat. Okay. Um, but we'll see because there's always shockers. Like, I didn't expect Phoenix Phoenix to go undefeated in the bubble. I know, <laughs> so right? So there are shockers.
2: So.
1: There are. There are. And I mean – I think, like, in my opinion, I think the NBA champion is going to come between the winner of the Western Conference Finals. It's probably going to be going down between an L.A., L.A. But, I mean, I would love for it to be the East because a lot of people just talk down on the East, and I'm sick and tired of that. Yes. Um, I'm truly watching this bubble and these playoffs from a fan perspective because my team sucks. My Bulls are not in it. Oh, the Bulls, okay. Obviously, because of Mike. And, um, you know, I haven't wavered. I've been, you know, a Bulls fan since I, I, saw, I first saw what a basketball looked like. But we're not, we're not, we're not going to talk about them right now because they're just a sad story. But, yeah, I man, are what I like about them is how they played. It, 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 it seemed like it's somebody different on every night. You can't right. say, oh, we got to stop Dan. We got to stop Jimmy. We got to stop Nunn. We got to stop Dragic. It could be any one of those guys or both of exactly. them. Exactly. I think there was a bunch of games this year that they had like three, four guys in double figures. And that just, that that's a Testament to guys buying in their quote. Exactly. And, and spoke. I think he doesn't get enough credit.
4: He's a terrific coach, which I, I don't understand why he doesn't give enough credit because he is a terrific coach. He's always been a terrific coach. Um, And I actually – and that's why I love the Heat because it's not always – where on the Lakers you either stop AD or LeBron or at least try to. Of course you can't, but at least you try to. Whereas with the Heat, you can't really game plan. You don't know who is going to dominate. And that's what I love because that's what makes a championship team. Right. Um, You know, you don't – like it's – you have where you don't – Jimmy Butler doesn't have to average 40, 50 points a game um, like AD or LeBron um, or like Giannis. Or whatever the case may be. He, I mean, that's plenty against. But if he's averaged less than twenty and then he dominated, and it's just, it's crazy to me because it's just like. I love it. And first of all, um <laughs> I love it because I hate teams that are have solo players. I, I can't stand it because they don't Rockets. make it anywhere. You know, right. Oh, I can't st- okay, I can't stand it. Yeah. <laughs> they are so overrated. They've been overrated for yeah. forever. They will always be overrated because to me it's like that's all it is, it's isolation twenty four seven. Yeah, no, it's like it's not win nothing. and it's horrible. They're not gonna win anything. They never do. And I don't understand why every year they feel like, you know, they're going to win because they add another. You're still gonna constantly be isolation and that's not what makes a championship team. Nope. You know, so yep. I do expect the Heat versus the Clippers. Now, do I feel like the Heat will beat the Clippers? I still think the Clippers are going to win it all. Yep. Um I just feel like they're depth. However, low-key, I am rooting for the Heat.
1: I wish there was more time. 15 minutes, 16 minutes on Radio Lane goes like this. Yeah. But um, we got to do this again.
4: Oh, yeah. We
1: got to talk who because I mean, you just started a, uh, you just don't know what you started right now. <laughs> I, be gonna be out. I'm going to be reaching out um next week, week after, definitely around the finals time. So I hope you can dedicate some time. But thank you, Jazz. I really of course. It was thank you for having me. Man, that was fun. Uh, talking to someone that does cane football edits and who's a hooper. That that, like I said, she's a she's my sister from another mister, it feels like that's that's exactly what jazz feels like. So, jazz, thanks a lot for coming through and spending your time with us on your busy schedule. I can imagine how busy you are, but thank you very much. And uh, we really appreciate that. But um, that's all for today's show. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Hope you guys are enjoying um, your Monday so far. And if you stuck around for two hours uh, listening to me run my mouth, then God bless you, you deserve a medal. But we'll be back next week talking some more NBA playoffs. Then I'll go ahead and talk some more football because it's that time, man. You know, it's been training camp for a couple of weeks now, but I've been so, in- so engulfed in having uh NBA bubble talk that, I mean, I just, I live for this stuff. Especially, like I said a couple segments ago, we hadn't had basketball, ladies and gentlemen, since March. Do you blame me? But thanks for sticking around with me throughout the entirety of the show. I'll be back next week, and just keep it locked. You've been listening to The Michael McCoy Show on Sirius XM Channel 145, Slam Radio. See you next week.
0: The views and opinions expressed on The Michael McCoy Show are entirely those of the hosts, guests, and callers, and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of Slam Radio.